What's up, everyone? Good morning. Welcome to our Water's Edge online Sunday morning worship experience. Once again, thank you so much for hanging out with us today. Thank you so much for tuning in. For those of you that continue to tell your friends and family and share these videos with them, thank you so much for that. We hope it's very helpful. For those of you that continue to give online, thank you so much for your generosity. It helps us serve the community and love the community. It helps us reach people and help people and serve people. Right now, I'm just waiting to be notified when our next food pantry is going to be. And so whenever that is, we'll let you know. Thank you so much for helping us out with that. We plan on feeding so, so many people. Today, we continue with our February series. Sometimes other people in our life, whether aware or unaware, whether intentional or unintentional, can cause you and I deep hurt in deep pain. And so sometimes in order to reassemble our broken heart and to reconcile that friendship or relationship, we have to do a few things. And so today we continue with our series entitled Reassemble, How to Restore Broken Hearts from Broken Relationships. So far in this series, we've talked about a few, a few keys to reassembling our heart and restoring some of these relationships like forgiveness. And we talked about how the key to forgiveness is this, to forgive thoroughly, you have to take payback off the table even if you have the opportunity. Take it off the table. No options whatsoever. You let it go and you forgive thoroughly. The second thing we talked about was this, if you want to reassemble a broken heart, is the role of humility in our life. And anytime you have conflict with someone else, you always have to ask this question. What role does humility play in this situation? What area of my life requires humility and what would a humble person do? Because when two people are in a relationship, any type of relationship, if we're going to follow the example of Jesus, then that relationship has to be a mutual competition of service. And this is what we talked about when we talked about a mutual competition of service is when you both race to the end of the line and you give each other love and service without the expectation of getting anything back, of getting paid back. And then last week, we talked about one of the special keys to love in any type of relationship is this. True love doesn't assume the worst about the other people in our life, but true love always believes the best and the most generous explanation for why they do what they do. If you really love other people in your life, then you're not always going to assume the worst, but you're going to believe the best. And so today we continue. Now, you and I have a lot of struggle in our life due to misconceptions. So today I want to talk to you about some misconceptions that you and I have about relationships, about desire, about expectations, about love, and about joy. I had a friend of mine who I grew up with, and let's just say from a very young age, he was relationship crazy, man. He was always on the prowl, and he was not shy about it either. He wanted a girl in his life at all times. He wanted a relationship. You know, some people, they don't really get interested in relationships till they get older, but by the time my friend was in third grade, man, he was looking for a wife and ready to go on the honeymoon. That's just how he was. Well, not too long ago, he called me up, hadn't heard from him in a long time, and he came over to the house, and he hung out with me on the front porch, and we began to talk. We ordered a pizza, and he began to tell me about his life and some of the heartbreaking things that he had been through over the years. He had recently went through a painful, painful relationship problem, a painful separation, a painful divorce. Since then, he's dated on and off, but nothing really worked out. And as we were talking, this is what he told me the other day. He goes, man, I'm just trying to figure out What's going to make me happy in life? I'm just trying to figure that out. I've tried everything to figure this out. I've been making money. I've had jobs. I've lived all different types of places, and I'm just not happy. So I'm just trying to figure out what's going to make me happy. And then he said this. He goes, Tony, I know that the right person in a good relationship is what's going to make me happy. And so I began to think about what he said. And after he said that, I asked him this. I said, well, man, 
I said, what actually are you looking for in someone else? What are you looking for in a relationship? And when I asked him that, he gave me this long list of qualities and long list of desires and long list of expectations. And so after he finished, I asked him another question. I said, okay. I said, let's say that you, you meet this person that you're describing, whoever they are, and they meet all of your list of qualifications and all of your list of desires and all of your list of expectations. Let's say that you meet this amazing person. Let's say that you meet them, this special person. Are you going to be the type of person that that person is looking for? Are you the type of person that the person you're looking for, are you the type of person that the relationship you're looking for is looking for? The way you love. Are they looking for the way that you love? The way you communicate? The way you solve problems? The way you handle disagreements? The way you deal with tension? The way you live? Are they going to want you? The patterns that you have? The ways that you have? The attitudes that you have? Are they going to want you? Is that going to be what they want? You have this idea of how you want to be loved, but are you willing to love other people the way that you want to be loved? To which he said, man, I've never really thought about that. To which I said, hey, listen, you take pride, you take care of what you take pride in. You take pride in your life. You take pride in certain things in your life, and whatever you take pride in, you take care of. If you take pride in your stuff, you take care of it. If you take pride in yourself, you take care of it. If you take pride in your relationships and the people that you love, then you take care of it. And so if you're not happy with you, then you're not going to be happy bringing someone else into your life until you learn how to take care of your heart, until you learn how to be happy alone. Because if you're unhappy and you bring other people into your life, then it's just going to make them unhappy, and then everyone's unhappy. And when that happens, there's frustration and there's conflict. Now listen, your joy and your happiness is not overrated to God. In fact, your joy and happiness is actually what God wants from you. And a part of our transformation in Jesus, when we follow Jesus, he starts to transform us into different people. And a part of our transformation in Jesus is to become the type of person that's not always looking at life through darkness and sadness and negativity, but that you and I become people of joy and happiness. You and I are supposed to make this world curious about Jesus. Our faith should make this world curious. It should be something that other people want. No one wants sadness all the time. No one wants negativity all the time. No one wants looking at the world through darkness all the time. When you're full of joy and happiness, even when you face trials, that's what makes people curious and that's what makes your faith so appealing. There's nothing appealing about a faith that's sad all the time. God wants us to have joy if you're still with me. Sam's still with you. But to have joy, we must learn how to love all people and relate to other people properly. Now, you and I have all had our heart broken at the hands of other people in this life. And sometimes that happens to us when other people just do something awful to us, awful to our hearts. But many times our heart gets broken in the context of a relationship because we have this misunderstanding of what this relationship, whatever type of relationship it is, is supposed to do for us. You and I have these problems and our, our heart gets bothered and frustrated and tense and broken because we have a misunderstanding of what that romantic relationship is supposed to do for us, what that friendship is supposed to do for us, what that work relationship is supposed to do for us, what that relationship with your parents or with your boss is supposed to do for us. And so today, let's try to clear some of that up because chances are, if you're happy, and if you're happy as you relate to other people, then you know some things that unhappy people just don't know yet. And so the question becomes this, and notice this today, if you're still with me, Sam's still with you. What do you know, if you're happy, 
What do you know that makes you happier than other people who seem to be frustrated and negative and sad the majority of the time? What do you know that makes you happier than the people who are sad and frustrated the majority of the time? This is what I want us to tackle today. So if you're still with me, Sam, still with you. Now, in our life right now, we've pointed this out that you and I have hopes, dreams, and desires. We hope to be successful. We hope to be happy. We hope to have love in our life. We have dreams. We dream to be successful. We dream to have joy and happiness. We dream to have love in our life. And we have desires. We desire to be wanted. We desire to be desired. We desire attention. We desire to feel important. We desire to feel significant. We desire to have purpose. We desire to be loved. We desire to feel secure. We desire attention. We have selfish desires. We have physical desires. We have emotional desires. We have relational desires. We have spiritual desires. Now, here's where the heartbreak starts for most people. We tend to think that our hopes, dreams, and desires can be met and fulfilled by the right people in the right relationships. So then we bring people into our life and we start to develop these relationships and many times, despite the warning signs that this relationship may be toxic and unhealthy. Again, whatever type of relationship it is, whether it's romantic, friendship, work, family, whatever, and because, and because we're so lonely, we get into these connections and these relationships even though they're unhealthy and toxic. And then you quickly realize that the other people in your life are not doing that great of a job at meeting your expectations, your hopes, your dreams, and your desires, and you realize that you're not doing a great job at meeting theirs also. So now there's tension. Now there's problems. Now there's issues. Now there's arguments. Now there's distance. Now there's frustration. Now there's heartbreak. And this is where the unhappiness and the heartbreak, this is where all the problems start. It starts when we expect. What do you expect today that has broken your heart and other people? What have you expected from your kids? What have you expected from your spouse? What have you expected from your work relationships? What have you expected from your boss or your friendships or whoever? What have you expected that didn't happen that broke your heart? Those expectations were not their fault. It was your fault for developing those expectations and placing them on other people. We place unfair expectations on the other people in our life to be the ultimate source that fulfills our hopes, dreams, and desires. And the reality is they can't do that for you and you can't do that for them. Only Jesus can do that for all of us. Now, when we fall into this cycle of living unhappy because we have unmet expectations and we have frustrations in our life because of how we relate to other people, we usually start to do a few things that causes more tension and more heartache and more damage in our life and in our relationships. And we do these things to try to force the relationship to become what we think it should become and to meet our expectations. And this is what we do. And notice this. If you're still with me, Sam's still with you. We use control. Guilt, manipulation, and fear. We want our desires met. We want our expectations met. We want our hopes and our dreams met. And when they're not, what do we do? We try to force it to happen. And we do that in a few ways. We do that by trying to control the other person through dominance because our goal is to win instead of understanding. But relationships are never about domination. They're always about cooperation. You both are equal. 
We try to do all these manipulation tactics by trying to make them feel guilty. We bring up their past and their mistakes and their flaws and their broken promises. We keep score. We make huge deals out of very unnecessary things to make the other person feel guilty. Let me say that again. We make big emotional deals out of small unnecessary things to try to manipulate the other person's emotions and make them feel guilty in the hopes that they'll do a better job at loving us the way we think that we should be loved. We do this by trying to manipulate the other person. We cut ourselves down trying to get them to pity us. We tell small lies. We cover things up. We say things so the other people in our life will feel sorry for us, all in the hopes to get them to give us the happiness and the attention that we crave. We do this by using fear in the relationship. We make threats. We get angry. We lash out. I'm leaving. I'm going, I'm quitting, I'll never do this again. We try to use fear to force the other person in our life to make us feel the way we desire to feel because we're selfish. If you have to resort to control, guilt, manipulation, and fear to try to force someone else to fulfill you, you will never have joy. You'll never be happy. Now, understanding all of that, it produces a few things in our life. Trying to find your ultimate fulfillment in someone else, controlling other people, guilting other people, manipulating other people will always produce conflict in your heart and in your relationships. It'll always rob you of your peace. It'll always steal your joy. And when faced with conflict, people react in different ways. In times of conflict, some people have the tendency to do a few things, and this is what they are. Notice this, if you're still with me, Sam's still with you. Some people tend to leave. Some people tend to try to win. Some people shut down. Other people, people that are happy, tend to understand and compromise. Understand and compromise. Now, in times of conflict, I wanna ask you a question. What's your tendency? Is it to leave, quit, give up, shut down, get angry? That's never going to solve anything. It's just going to cause people to run away from you. What's left? What's the right thing to do? Understanding and compromise. Happy people in relationships know that if two people can devote themselves to understanding each other and compromise, then that relationship, whatever type of relationship it is, will thrive. But if you're only focused on you and your feelings and how your expectations and desires are not being met, you will never have happiness and you will always have conflict. Notice how the missionary puts it in Ephesians chapter 5 verses 1 through 2. Imitate God, be like Jesus. Follow his example. Imitate Jesus Christ. Therefore, in everything you do, because you are his dear children, live a life filled with love, following the example of Christ. So you want to know how to be happy. You have to live a life of love. And how do you love? You follow the example of Christ. What was his example? Notice what he says. He loved us and offered himself as a sacrifice for us as a pleasing aroma to God. The example of love in Jesus was this, to give yourself up, to sacrifice yourself, to offer yourself in love for others. Now, we as Christians have a relationship with Jesus Christ, and this relationship has never been about you and I getting what we deserve. God does not give what you and I deserve. He does not give us what we deserve. If God gave us what we deserve, we would get nothing from God. But instead, God gives us grace. Grace is a gift when someone gives you something that you don't deserve 
deserve. And in God's grace, he gives us love and new life and forgiveness. And we deserved none of it, but he died for us anyway. He loved us anyway. He, he went to the cross for us anyway, and he sacrificed his love for us anyway. And all throughout the narrative of the Bible, it says to love other people just as Jesus loved you. God, by his grace, actually gives us what we don't deserve, and that's love. Jesus sacrificed himself, gave himself up, and even though we didn't deserve it, and Paul says, we follow this example, and this is how we love others. Christianity is not about you getting what you deserve because none of us deserve God, and it's not about the people that you don't like and you think they're gonna get what they deserve. Christianity is about everyone getting love from God and no one deserved it on the cross. Jesus owed us nothing and gave us everything. And Paul says, this is how you love others. Let me say that again. Jesus owed you nothing and gave you everything. And Paul says, this is how we love others. So let's try to understand this. You and I grow unhappy, jealous, bitter, insecure, lonely in relationships when we have hopes, dreams, and desires. We've turned those into expectations. We place those expectations on the other people and they cannot fulfill them. And then we're just all heartbroken and our life just feels like it's in chaos again because we're not happy. And when this happens, I want you to notice this. Notice this today. We love to focus on how we're being loved and fulfilled, but we rarely focus on how we're loving the other people in our life. Happy people know this truth. This is the truth that happy people know. The other people in your life owe you nothing, and you owe them everything. So give yourself up for them. And when two people in a relationship, any type, when two people practice this, those are happy people. When two people follow the example of Jesus and both decide to love the other person with no expectation of getting anything back, I owe you everything, you owe me nothing. If both people in the relationship do that, that's a happy relationship. Those are happy people. Now here's the deal. Selfishness will always make you unhappy and it'll always ruin your relationships. If you're both always trying to race to get to the front of the line, me, 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 make me feel fulfilled, me, 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 you will never be happy. So once again, a happy relationship is when both people race to the end of the line. How can I love you better? How can I serve you better? How can I understand you better? How can I fulfill you better? How can I compromise and sacrifice for you? When both people do this, this is a happy relationship, but both people must do this. Now, this is the last thing I want you to remember today, so if you're still with me, Sam's so still with you. Your fulfillment is found in your sacrifice. I want you to remember that today. Your fulfillment in life is found in your sacrifice for the other people in your life. Give them grace. Give them love. Follow the example of Jesus. They owe you nothing. You owe them everything, and when you take the focus off of you, then that's when you find joy. Thank you so much for hanging out with us today. Thank you so much for tuning in. We absolutely love you. We cannot wait to see you back next week.